0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Cape Sports Now. We're past Labor Day, that means regular season action is starting up in high school. Uh, Thanks for joining us. My name is Steve DeDarion. I'm a sports reporter here at the Cape Cod Times.
1: And I'm Matt Goisman. I'm also a sports reporter here at the Cape Cod Times.
0: And Matt, when you look at it, you know, you get to this week, excitement starts to build because not only do you have the NFL season about to start up Sunday, Mm -hmm. you also have high school football before that starting up Friday. We had a little taste of it with college football Saturday, but uh, we're really getting into the swing of things now. We've seen a lot of the practices and scrimmages, talked to a lot of coaches. We talked about last week, five Mm -hmm. new coaches across the Cape and Islands. It's in be football of, alone. In football more, alone. That's what I meant. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be definitely interesting to see how specifically those programs build their teams and, and what they do to get off to a good start, you know. When the season was reduced, when we went to the statewide system, the regular season, you lost you know, three, maybe four games. Mm-hmm. So starting off strongly, it just became that much more important over the last five years. So a lot of teams looking to get off on the right foot. Absolutely. And I think we have this week
1: in week one, we have one of the biggest games all year in Mashpee at Nantucket mm-hmm. on Friday at 530. I mean, these two teams have matched up each of the last two years, and the team that has won that game has gone on to be the top seed in – Division 7 or 4, you know, they've renumbered them. But in, in their division, and Mashpee and Nantucket are in the same division, whoever wins that game has gone on to be the number one seed in the South uh, heading into the playoffs. So
0: huge for both of them right away. Yeah, definitely the inside track for the division there. I mean, you saw it last year, Mashpee versus Nantucket, basically decided the the Division 7 South title, again, or at least for the regular season, of course, had to play out to the playoffs. Sure. But you're right, you know, and that determines, you know, home field, should there be a tie? And- mm-hmm. Now it's a little bit different this year. I, I think both these teams are a little more vulnerable based on the, oh, yeah. the seniors that they lost. But still, this should be a really great showdown. And I've been going back and forth to think who really has the edge here. You know, sometimes it goes to the home team. You know, you take that ferry ride; mm-hmm. that's a long, that's a long day. And Nantucket's given Mashby a run. You know, beating them actually a championship squad before, so. I wouldn't be surprised if Nantucket came on top of this. But then again, you really just have to look at, you know, what the matchups are. Yeah. We talked a lot about Devon Ford last week. Obviously, Mashby, who's their, basically their MVP, and he's won, you know, all these years. But, you know, waiting on the other side of Nantucket, a guy like Terrain Burton. Can, Terrain Burton, absolutely. Can can stick right with them. I think, is a, is kind of a... Darian Duarte, I think, yeah. could help the Whalers a lot. And and the way I was thinking of this, I wouldn't be surprised if this was some sort of slugfest where these teams are just scoring nonstop. I mean, we've seen Nantucket scoring bunches before, mm-hmm. and... Mashbees obviously put up you know some high numbers on some bit of a lower quality opponent, so yeah, I mean if this came in at like fifty-one to forty-nine, I I wouldn't be surprised at all.
1: Yeah, I don't think it'll go that high. I could certainly see it being won by a touchdown or the equivalent of a field goal. I'm not sure they'll kick any field goals in the game. You know, Um, Gonsalves
0: kicked one in the Nantucket game last year. You never know. (laughs) Yeah, and
1: speaking of Xavier Gonsalves, if he can have a good game, if he can break into the backfield right then i think he can slow down nantucket's offense enough to let mashpee's offense which i think is strong enough to beat nantucket's defense that doesn't have nicora and a couple of other of it's a really strong seniors from last year, so I still
0: will give the edge to Mashby in this one. And you got to see them scrimmage a little bit. You know, what did they look like personnel-wise in terms of what were they trying to do with like Ford, for example, in, in you know the backfield, and where were they doing when they're, you were there? They're not doing a ton differently. You know, they they
1: can throw it a little bit, um, and they'll definitely try to get you know a guy like Cam Kurgo open downfield. Um, but they are gonna you know run a lot of runs behind lead blockers and Mm -hmm. things like that, and that's where Xavier can also definitely help out is setting that edge uh, at tight end. So I don't see them doing a ton differently from what I saw them do last year. It's just a question of how quickly can the offensive line figure it out. And Mm -hmm. they looked okay at times against, I saw them against Martha's Vineyard and Upper Cape, Those teams are not Nantucket, though, so this is going to be a much bigger test for that line.
0: Absolutely. Another game I was really looking forward to, you know, D.Y. at Barnstable. You know, again, the state championships coming back after an undefeated season. They looked really good in a scrimmage against Silver Yeah, they crushed (laughs) Silver Uh, um, Peyton Doyle, quarterback. I mean, if there was any doubt, threw for four touchdown passes in just the first half alone and then ran for the other one, you know, in route two, I believe it was a... 50 to something nothing so shut I think I heard 53 nothing was the yeah, final. Yeah. I mean, it, the offense was obviously on point. Jeffrey Jamiel, sophomore receiver looked really strong mm-hmm. in, in that game and I think he could be a real big playmaker this year. You know, we were talking about the other night about D-wise receivers, you know, uh Darian Thompson Absolutely. right and, and Jaquan Phillips. Back. Right, both those guys are good pass catchers, so it's not like you can just, you know, double team Jamiel every play but I'm sure teams will have somebody shadowing him and keeping an eye because he's a deep ball threat just as much as he is going over the middle.
1: And Doyle can run it a little bit too, which makes him dangerous. I think what this game could actually come down to is secondaries because Mm -hmm. Darian Thompson was a very good receiver. He was also a very good defensive back and made a number of big plays downfield. And if D.Y.'s secondary can hang with Barnstable's receivers, can jump routes, can win battles downfield, They will take away Barnstable's best offensive weapon, which I think we'd agree is their quarterback, Matt Peter Cuskey.
0: Right, and I think Peter Cuskey, he's really going to have to be able to move the ball against this DUI offense. I mean, if Barnstable's going to have any chance, they're going to have to do whatever they can to keep DUI's offense off the field. Yeah. If they can have long, sustained drives, they can get first downs and just Mm -hmm. move the ball and, you know, kill some of that cluck. You know, Barnstable could say this one, but I mean, if you're first year coach Roster Cole, I think you're looking across the sideline and saying, hey, this is the kind of team I want to have in the future. You get a glimpse of maybe what's in the future for your squad now. Absolutely. But when you look across that style and you look at the success that DY has had over this at least this past decade, and even longer, really, if you look at it. And Jacola was that's part, what you want. Yeah, and, and Jacola's part of it. You know, Jacola <laughs> is a DY graduate
1: right. who then was an assistant coach on for DY during one of their runs to a Super Bowl title. Right. So he knows very well how consistent and how strong DY is. I've said before, I think part of that is the stability of having Paul Funk as coach year after year and really working with Joe Jamil, Jeffrey's father, uh, who runs the Junior Dolphins, the youth program there, to really make sure it's a feeder over you know multiple years so the kids are learning the same system. That is a good model of how to build your team, and probably Jacola would love to hang around Barnstable long enough to really integrate it the way D.Y. has integrated yeah. its football.
0: Your results aside, and this game is going to take place at 6 p.m. Friday at Barnstable. And speaking of which, you know that stadium got a little bit of a facelift. Yeah, I know you were there the other day. It looks much
1: better. I, I mean, I didn't think it looked bad before, but it's got new bleachers. It's got a, a, a elevator for physically disabled, which is pretty cool. The press box is really nice looking on the outside. I'm sure I'll be in it for some part of the game. So <laughs> I'm, I tried to be on the fields for a little while because I like to get the, the, right, the right, feeling, the course. energy on the sideline, but. Uh, apparently it's like all redone. So, yeah, Leo Shields' field is going to look a lot nicer for Red Raiders fans. Right.
0: And then just hit the reset to MASH and Nantucket. That'll take place on the island at 5.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. And just one more time, D.Y. at Barnesville, 6 p.m. Both those games Friday. Another matchup Friday, 7 p.m., Falmouth at Bishop Fien. Yep. Matt, you also got to see a little bit of Falmouth this week as well. A little bit of a scary moment. Quarterback Kyle Connolly went down with a bit of an ankle injury. Yeah. Um, But – You know, before that, what did you see from a Falmouth offense? Obviously, runs that triple option and ran it to perfection two years ago. Absolutely, and they're still they're still doing the same thing. They do not deviate
1: from what Derek Almeida's you know bread and butter offense. Everybody knows they're going to use it. Fian has not been able to stop it. I mean, Falmouth has beaten Fian each of the last three years. It was a twenty to six game in twenty seventeen. So, it remains to be seen how bad that injury with Connolly was. He stayed on the bench the whole game. He didn't have to go to the hospital or anything, but he was icing it, and he was definitely done for the day. So maybe it's him under center. Maybe it's Cam Rowell, who, if he's not a QB, he'll probably be their fullback. I think this is going to be a big summer uh, fall, rather, for Kyle Cardoza. Mm-hmm. I, I see him making big plays as a receiver. You know, the touchdown pass he caught was from Cam Rowell, not Kyle Connolly. Right. Um and he's also a really good pass rusher. So I, I think he will have a really good final football year and probably just carry that right over into a good basketball year.
0: Yeah, I really think he has to become that playmaker. You know, Gates Kelleher was there as that fullback and yep. linebacker the last few years, and I think Cardoza can step in well and fill a similar type role, a bit mm-hmm. of a different position-wise, you know, more of a pass catcher and a, um, you know, defensive... because They line him up at defensive end, or is he more yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: more of a defensive... You know, and they're built differently. Kyle right. is... Very strong, but he's taller, and right. he's a little bit less – Like Gates uh, was very kind of like stocky in his build, right. and so his skill set was a little different.
0: Right. Um. Um, but, yeah, it just – you know, again, quarterback is still pretty important in that system, uh, yeah. though. I mean, and you're going to get hit, and, and that's the thing with that system. It's almost more like – almost kind of like a running back under center in a sense mm-hmm. because, yeah, they can throw the ball, but more times than not you're handing off or trying to, you know – pull some deception and
1: and Connolly got hurt on a running play right and so, certainly <laughs> you know when Nick kuig ran the offense he ran it a lot he threw it some too but he definitely was a, a yeah. rusher as well so
0: yeah I mean I think it, you know foul with can de- this is definitely a winnable game for them it won't be easy but if they can stop the run I think make a big statement with their defense i think that's going to yeah. go a long way and a little fun fact about this game too and i feel like I've mentioned this before when mm-hmm. we're talking about Bishop fee and so Former Patriots tight end and turned WEI host Christian Forey's son Caleb actually plays for Fien. Just oh, cool. six foot four, one hundred seventy five pounder Well, that's what he listed as last year, but obviously a uh, a big target for uh, you know Bishop Fien and uh, definitely. We'll be interesting to see uh, how he does. So that game seven p.m. in Attleboro, Massachusetts. Um, check that one out. And we got have just about every other team. I think all but one game is happening Friday. On Friday, yeah. right? You have Saint John Paul at Sandwich seven p.m. Um,
1: two you teams know, played each other for the first time ever last year. Uh, Lions won that game 20-12. to The Lions are definitely missing Devin Harrison, who was you know their quarterback and one of their big offensive weapons last year. I would look for uh, Mike Sackovich, a wide receiver, and Darren Katzif at running back. I, are both back from last year and I think could really have strong uh, seasons or at least strong games against Sandwich. Uh, for the Blue Knights... They took a big hit in the preseason. Cam Lopes, who was one of their uh, returning vet and I, kind of was intended to be kind of one of their biggest playmakers on offense, uh, had a hand injury against Abington in one of their scrimmages. So he's going to be out for a few games. So guys who I think a step up for sandwich, uh, C.J. Wiper, uh, he's had some t- uh, snaps at quarterback. He's also a receiver, so we might see him. There. I like Timmy Ladner at running back, uh, and Charlie Chapman is mm-hmm. definitely one of their senior leaders, uh, a wide
0: receiver for them. So yeah. they have talent, but I mean, at the end of the day, I don't see this one going too, too differently than than last year. So. Yeah, I, I even I think though Saint it's the John beginning Paul of too. the McLean error i i think they still got a ways to go to kind of you know bolster themselves up there but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens at 7 p.m friday at sandwich high school um another matchup you know you get to talk a little bit with uh incoming vineyard coach don herman and making his return absolutely i think this is a perfect start for the vineyard against yeah. atlantis charter this is a team they should beat and yeah it's really simple of that they should roll easily in herman's comeback
1: yeah, my my notes include the exact sense. I think this was a smart first game. You yeah. know. <laughs> Atlanta's Charter, uh, they were in their first year last year. They had similar numbers problems. They had to forfeit their game against the Vineyard and I believe some other ones last year. So this is a team that's not going to have a ton of numbers, and it seems like one that Don Herman should be able to win mm-hmm. and get his kids feeling like winners right away early in the season. Right.
0: That's 6 p.m. on the Vineyard. Cape Tech at Monomoy, 6.30 p.m., you know, Battle of Harwich. Yep. You know, this would be a really huge if Cape Tech can stay in and maybe even win this one. But I think Monomoy is going to get the good start with Larry's new coach Larry Souza. Yep. You know, I expect big plays from quarterback Isaac, Isaac Hart. Running Hart. back Elijah Beasley, both of those guys, should be able to make enough plays where Monomoy should start off 1-0. I think our, if we compared note
1: sheets, they would be almost identical. <laughs> but,
0: no, I – you know – Monomoy is coming off its best season
1: ever. They had their first winning season ever. They made the playoffs for the first time ever. Cape Tech was in playoff contention for mm-hmm. a little while last year and they then kind of fell off the you know fell off pace when they got into league play. So if they can win this one, it would be a great way to start the season for the Crusaders, but I agree that you know with Hartback and guys like Charlotte and and uh, Beasley, I think they have more returning talent and I think they're going to be more ready to go for this first game.
0: Yeah, it's interesting in this game too because if you look at the program history, it used to be Cape Tech Harwich, so yep. it's kind of like two brothers finally, you know, absolutely, you know, battling it out. I know that basically this new class kind of recycles out, so basically, I think the yeah. people who have been at Monomoy now have been there for all four years. Yeah, I, I,
1: it's all Monomoy people at this right, point. Like right. that's the only there's thing. There's no carryovers. So. No one, no one's still plugging right. Rough Rider shirts at that school. Um, there's also Sharon at Nosset at 6:30 p.m. Uh, this is a first-time matchup for them uh, between the Warriors and the Sharon Eagles. Sharon wasn't that good last year; they were two and nine. So, and Nossett made the playoffs. I think they had three wins, so three and eight. Very winnable game for the Warriors to start their season. Uh, I I want to see a lot out of Bobby Joy this year at quarterback. You know, he has been part of this team since he was a freshman. He was getting into games as a freshman, and, and you know, each year he gets a little bigger and stronger, more confident. He's taking more of an active role with the basketball team. I've seen him develop there, and I think that confidence carries over. so he's the guy I would like to really see step it up and have a real breakout year for Nosset this year.
0: Yeah, I had Bobby Joy down here too as well. Um, the thing is about Sharon, though, even though they have struggled, they play in a very difficult Hockamock League, mm-hmm. you know playing teams like Milford, I think like Westwood, you know all those Absolutely. kind of like metro. You know Boston team. so the record is a little bit misleading. They used to play Sandwich, and I think Sandwich beat them at least a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But you're right, though. I think Nosset you know, has the advantage. They're at home. Bobby Joy, very good under center. When you have a quarterback coming in, I think that carries the confidence of the offense a little bit more. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Nosset came on top, but I wouldn't expect them to do it easily because again, Sharon plays a very difficult schedule, and 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 that's not to say Nosset doesn't either. They play mm-hmm. in a very difficult ACL in Atlanta Coast League, but. Um, you know, I could see this coming down to the fourth quarter, but I think Nostra should be able to make enough plays to pull away.
1: Sure. And then the last Saturday game for football, the last game and the only one on Saturday, <laughs> I'll get that sentence right after a few tries is a uh, born at upper Cape at noon. Um, These are both born schools, born beat upper Cape 32 to six in 2017. You know, the two years ago, upper Cape had a really good team. They were the vocational state champions. Uh, and, then pretty much all of their starters graduated and last year's team really struggled all year. They're a little less young this year, obviously. A lot of those guys are back, but I still think Bourne has the pretty distinct advantage. I like James Cahoon. He's been there since he was a freshman. So I th- you know, he's gonna be probably I would assume their quarterback and I think the canalmen come out on-, on top in this one as well.
0: Couldn't have said it any better than that. <laughs> Cahoon I understand it kinda of like the NASA situation, you got a quarterback there. Yeah. Bourne should should roll in this one. Mm-hmm. So
1: turning over to other sports, uh, you know, we'll start with tonight. I think immediate early test for the Nosset boys soccer team is they are hosting Somerville, uh, tonight and at six o'clock, I believe Somerville was a D one North semifinalist. They went 16, one and four. Uh, they are always a very strong boys soccer program. They have been for quite a number of years. So Nosset, you know, they have some holes to fill, and this is their first real test to see how well they filled them from uh, last year's graduating seniors.
0: Well, I mean, I think they've actually been tested in the preseason, you know, with oh, the course. schools that they play in the, in, the, in the preseason tournament and then last week's clash. I mean, they mm-hmm. played New Bedford, the only team that beat them in the regular season last year. Yep. This is, yeah, this is going to be a very tough test, and I mean, especially for the back line, they got beat a few times over the weekend, um, one against New Bedford the first goal. And obviously it's going to be tough for Nasa to fill the void without James McCauley there. You're, you're kind of centerpiece to the whole offense. So, uh, and it's going to be tough too. you know, veteran goalie Jack Avalar is out mm-hmm. for the first couple of games. He had just suffered a head injury, I was told. And, you know, sophomore Harry Watson was in goal over the weekend and he he did well, but you know, clearly some of that experience is lacking there at times. And again, I think more of that backline is going to be important. So, I think Noss is going to have to go out and really focus in on that defense, keep mm-hmm. that game close, and then you know pick their chances when they have them. I
1: would assume midfield control is also going to be pretty right. key. If their back line and their goalie is a little bit less tested, the more they can take cont- possession, just keep the ball in the midfield and uh, the uh, Somerville side of the, the field. I think that gives them the best chance to win.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know when it comes down to new stars have to emerge in a way. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you'll see that this year from Nasit. Still think they're the favorites to win the Atlantic coast league though i don't think it'll necessarily be a given there's some talent that's kind of building up through found with sandwich who i think could give them a run definitely and you know we've seen it before you know soccer's a game where hey a tie against you know a team like nazi could almost be just as valuable as a win in a way so definitely and plenty of teams have taken their looks over the years too mm-hmm. that they want to you know equal it out
1: looking at wednesday uh the one that jumps out to me we're still very early in the start of the regular season, so a lot of teams are kind of slowly starting. We only have a couple of games every every night. But Barnstable is at Central Catholic and Girls Volleyball on Wednesday. Central Catholic is a Division One North semifinalist in 2017. You know, Barnstable always seeks out very, very tough competition that's not their old Colony League schedule. This is their first game of the year, and they're immediately going after a team that will by no means be a cakewalk.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you kind of have to when you only play in a three-team yeah. you know, <laughs> division or three-team league, I should say. So, I mean, they got to schedule, you know, 15, 16 non-league games. That's not easy. And Barnstable knows they're among the best in Division One, if not the best. So they go out and schedule these opponents and, and teams that they might are likely to see down the road when they get to this, you know, sectional or state tournament. So they actually tried to play this game last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't happen because of, of weather. But I think Barneslow was excited for the challenge and you know when you're bringing back a player like Riley James arguably the best player we've seen through the system in quite some time uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how far she can carry this team because I think she has to be even more of a leader than she has been in years past
1: definitely I mean they have Ingrid Murphy of course who is an extremely good volleyball player in her own right so mm-hmm. it's not like it's all on Riley Ingrid has contributed to every single win that she's Played in, mm-hmm. she's been a big part of it. You know, the the real challenge is going to be whether or not it's Tegan James or Josie Deluga. How do they have that next setter that can just be the next great setter for them and find Ingrid and Riley? And you know, they're going to have to develop their middles and their right side hitters a little bit as well. Uh, so that's where I think the real challenge for them is going to be: is they have young new setters. I think Teagan James is just a, a freshman or a sophomore. Freshman, yeah. And Josie Deluga is a transfer from D.Y., so they're both still very new to this system.
0: Yeah, I got and I got to watch them play a little bit Saturday during their play day. They, mm-hmm. they did pretty well against you know, just about everyone they played, including uh, the D3 champion last year, Frontier, mm-hmm. and really kind of ran the table. But you mentioned Josie DeLuca, yeah, transfer from D.Y., you know, she was getting reps with the starters, so I wouldn't be surprised if she was in the starting lineup, but it's just as competitive there because you got players, you just mentioned Tegan James, Sophie Strock, for example, Olivia Berler, mm-hmm. Dorian Funk, Shay Johnson, Madeline Murphy. All of them are battling for starting positions. Yep. And Turco made one thing clear. There's no starting position that I think is safe. Now, uh, personally, I Out, think there's a couple things that are safe. Outside hitter is safe. Ingrid of Murphy course, and Riley of course, he wouldn't start. go on the record and say that. But, I mean, you know, there's a lot of competitiveness and a lot of talent within that program. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he wants anyone to, you know, think that their job's secure because it's not no and i wouldn't be surprised if if one of those top players was was lacking a little bit he'll sit him down you know he's got the talent to go put him back out there i i think at a certain point he's more concerned about getting the best effort he can out of everybody so
1: yeah and there are definitely stories that i've heard going back for years of instances where a kid was not playing well and he would just take her out and put in somebody else and when i was talking uh with uh the brood about her sister, she said there were games when her older sister was not setting well and Turco would just take her out and say, you're in. And that was kind of how she got her first like real experience with playing varsity. And it wound up being in a thousand assist girl in her own, in her own right. So, right.
0: And what's interesting, I want to make one more point on DeLuga. So, you know, she actually plays her old team Friday night. And yep. She didn't seem to be too, you know, I guess concerned about anyone worried about calling her like a traitor or anything. Let her family move. So it's not like yeah. she just transferred schools just to for the for heck of volleyball, it. You know, yeah. right? You know, their family did move there, and, it, and it's tough. Junior year is really big for high school, so it's not an easy transition going in. No, but she said volleyball's helping her with that, and, and it'll be interesting to see a homecoming of sorts when they play Friday night. Definitely, you know,
1: DY volleyball. They're down Abby Kreiser, who was their the best hitter in the program's history. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what, where they can find their offense this right. year.
0: Another team I want to mention real quickly on volleyball, uh, Sturgis East, they opened tonight uh, against St. John Paul II at St. Francis Xavier and Hyannis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 5.30 p.m. start. You know, Sturgis East ran the table last year in the Cape and Islands. I like, believe they undefeated in the Cape and Islands yeah. League. They're um, usually,
1: they've been very strong for the last few yeah. years.
0: And I think they have enough coming back to compete again. You know, you know your middle hitter Carly Burns, who was very impressive last year. Ally Rogers back at outside hitter. Um, Ava DeWitt, Callie Sullivan will also be key returners. But the storm, they do have to make up for some players they lost. Key players like Colleen Cameron, for example, Mm -hmm. Jill Doyle, Lily Lane. So I doubt a perfect conference season, but I think they're still going to be up there. And Cape and Islands is a competitive league when it comes to volleyball. You know, you see a lot of talent kind of Mm -hmm. building a little bit in the middle of the pack.
1: We'll see where, like, what Nantucket does, because they're sort of the newcomer with Mm -hmm. volleyball. Their program is only a couple of years old, but they. They had a couple of wins last year. They, they, are, they were very talented. They were just kind of raw. And so if they can hone themselves down and become a little bit more focused, I think they could definitely surprise some teams and win a few games. I definitely agree Sturges East is still the favorite to win the division, uh, to win the league. Right. But I think Nantucket is an interesting team to watch that could throw a wrench into some of their plans. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Sturgis on Wednesday, we have an, the all Sturgis boys and girls soccer games going on simultaneously. We have East versus West. They're both at the same time Wednesday at old townhouse field in Yarmouth. Three of those four teams made the playoffs last year. So good early test for all of them. Um, you know, the Monomoy, I think we think we would agree, at least on the girls side, it's probably the favorite to win the Cape and islands this week. Le- this year, but or maybe Nantucket. At- yeah,
0: I mean, I saw Monomoy play Saturday, and I, I wasn't too too impressed. Now they okay. were focusing in some, you know, some younger players in there as well, sure. and it's hard to gauge those scrimmages. Um, but I mean, there were teams definitely scoring goals on them, okay, and so maybe it, not. It, but you know, we'll see. It's just scrimmaging time. I actually did like Monomoy. I was high on them because they have their goalie coming back, Josie Gantrell. She's been playing since I think she was an eighth grader. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, some other players that who can come in and um, you know put the ball in the back of the net, you know, Abby Walls, one of them. And I, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Ma, uh, with Monomoy rather. And, you know, but again, I, I would doubt another number one seed out of the South sectional. I think Probably there's a lot not. of talent there. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but you mentioned the Sturgis is, yeah, we'll see if either can challenge you know, on the boys side, can maybe challenge Nantucket for a Cape and Island yeah. title. It seems like Nantucket has been kind of the, the top dog there oh, for yeah. a while. And I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed that way this year. I agree. And um, But, you know, West has a solid core coming back. You know, they, they said their defensive core is pretty good. they got mm-hmm. a new couple guys up front that they're going to have to try out. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, again, getting the season off on the right foot is big, even soccer too. Uh, cool. Um, I just want to mention field hockey real quickly. Um, Falmouth at North Attleboro, 4 p.m. Wednesday. You know, I thought this was an interesting matchup because, you know, Falmouth could have just – said, you know what, we play in a hard enough league as it is. Right. But they go out and they schedule a, a solid D1 program, D1 playoff team in their first matchup. And, um, you know, like I said, dude, the Clippers don't have an easy schedule, and, and this is just the start of it. So um, I think it'll be a good test, especially for Quinter work up front. You know, mm-hmm. 12 goals, 2 assists last year. Goalie Hannah Tobey's back. And second-team All-Stars, Lindsay Balsam and Jacqueline Tolino are also back as well. So there's plenty of talent building there in Falmouth. And you saw it last year. They were able to beat D.Y. I Really can't wait till those two teams play for the yeah. first time this year,
1: especially after the playoff game where right. you know D. White eliminated Falmouth without giving up a shot on goal. Right. Um, uh, also in field hockey, sandwiches at Dartmouth on Thursday, mm-hmm. which I think should be a good test for uh, the Blue Knights. You know they're always they're always also going to be in the mix for the ACL title. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think they may still be a little bit younger than Falmouth and DY, mm-hmm. but they will be very competitive. They are really hard to beat at home, uh, so we'll see where they can, how far they can go this year.
0: Right, uh, Monomoy's also opens at Dennis Yarmouth at 4 p.m. Friday, and then what's interesting? I think the next day they have a Cape Cod Play Day, mm-hmm. which is a couple of scrimmages. So you don't see that often, you know, going from regular season back into some scrimmaging. But that's what we got on the schedule. So mm-hmm. that'll be at DY uh, early Saturday. And then wrap it up with golf real quickly. Uh, Sturgis West actually has its first match against Sturgis East at Bayberry Hills in Yarmouth today. Okay. You know I wanted to mention West last year because they went undefeated in the regular season for the first time in program history, you know, and that was a team that barely won any matches when it first started out as a program. So there's some, you know they, they have a couple seniors they lost from that group, but uh, quite a bit talented mm-hmm. players coming back. so we'll see where we go from there. Very cool. So Think, do you want to do the rundown real quickly just on football games one more time in case you missed it the first time Yeah, around? we'll just
1: read off the matchups. Uh, so Mashpee is at Nantucket. These are all the Friday games uh, at 5.30. DY is at Barnstable at 6.00. Atlantis Charter is at the Vineyard at 6.00. Cape Tech is at Monomoy at 6.30. Sharon at Nosset at 6.30. And then the 7 p.m. games are Falmouth at Bishop Fian and St. John Paul two at Sandwich. And then on Saturday, it's Bourne at Upper Cape at noon. All right. And I think that I would do it for uh, this episode of Cape Sports Now. Uh, you can find this episode and all of our other ones at slash Cape Sports Now. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Matt Goisman CCT. That's M A T T G O I S M A N C C T. You
0: can also find me on Twitter at Steve underscore Derdarian. The last name is D E R D E R I A N. Matt, have fun out there in the sun. Absolutely. Put, the, put your sunscreen on. It's yeah, going to be right. warm Grab out there. And Bring sunglasses. some water <laughs> and have fun out there. we will see you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are let. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance
1: of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast,